Hello and welcome to It Is Written Canada. Thank you for joining us. As a little girl, Sarah McConaughey learned to ride a bike, swim, and enjoyed playing with her friends and her big sister, Emily. She loved drawing, downhill skiing, photography, and riding horses competitively. Unfortunately, her life was tragically altered one fateful day in midwinter when the roads were hit with the first major snowfall of the year. Everything Sarah once did without much effort became a near impossibility. However, she never gave up. Before the accident, she prayed for God to rescue her, and he did, but not in a way that she expected or desired. Sarah wished her tragedy had never happened, but she's okay with it because this was her path out of a destructive lifestyle. This was the way God saved her and changed Sarah for life. In a moment, you will meet this courageous young lady, Sarah, and her mother, Kathy. So Kathy and Sarah and your emotional support dog Charlie Brown, welcome to It Is Written Canada. We are really looking forward to hearing your story. Well, thank you Mike and Renee for having us and we're looking forward to telling our story. Thank you. So Sarah, you love horses, like they're big in your life. Tell yes, us about that. Yes, very big, ever since a young age. My mother had a horse, and I grew up around her, and then she sold her, and then I decided to get back into it. And what kind of riding did you do, Sarah? Well, I mainly did English, and jumpers, hunter jumpers, and now it's mostly western. So Sarah, what kind of activities did you like to do besides horseback riding? I like to ski and I like to snowboard and I loved kneeboarding. So Sarah, when was the car accident that you had? It was in the winter. January 29th, near my birthday. And what birthday were you going to have? My 21st. So you were just about 21. Sarah, were you driving? No, I was not driving, but it was my car. No, uh, Sarah was not driving. Um, the young fellow that was driving was a very inexperienced driver and was going too fast for the conditions. 
He was um, going 83 in a 70, and when the police retrieved the black box from Sarah's car, that's where they actually had the record of that. And they also recorded, I believe it was three to four inches of snow. So he should have been going closer to 50. But as I said, he was inexperienced, um, lost control. The car left the road, um, hit a tree, stopping the car very suddenly. And actually the car bent right around, around the tree. And um, they had to use the jaws of life to get Sarah out. And on impact, Sarah's head went over to the left, hitting the driver's shoulder, and then back over to the window. Um, and actually, he got a small fracture on his shoulder from Sarah's poor head. And um, that's where most of the damage came from, because the head was going like this, and the brain and got all the shearing. Um, there was no alcohol or drugs involved, just to, just speed. Um, when the driver got out, um, Sarah was immediately unconscious. He was not, he did not lose consciousness at all. And his phone was lost in the impact. And he was really upset. He thought Sarah was dead, actually. He was going to try to do CPR and he, he knew he just panicked and he knew he needed to get help so he ran to the house which was by the accident and they called the paramedics the paramedics thought sarah was not breathing as well so they that's when they used the jaws of life to get her out and resuscitated her stabilized her as best they could and transported her to bowmanville hospital how did they transport her, Kathy? Were they able to get a helicopter in to take her? So initially, um, the ambulance arrived at the scene, transported her to Bowmanville, 10 minutes away. Then Bowmanville emerged. They intubated her, put, like put her on life support, and got her stabilized. They wanted to use the helicopter, Orange, but because of the weather, Orange wouldn't fly. So they had to transport her by land. So you're a nurse and you were working at the hospital? Yes, correct. I was an RN working at Bowmanville. And so we heard the code called, but you're not thinking it's your daughter, right? No. So that was around 2.20ish that the code was called. And around three o'clock we were out and I was scraping my car because of all the snow. And, um, I had my eldest, eldest daughter with me as well, and she got a call from my husband. And she said, well, here, talk to mom. So I, I take the phone and he says, you better get back in the hospital. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, Sarah's been in a car accident. And I said, oh, okay, is, is she okay? And he says, well, just go back to the hospital. So. I'm getting a little suspicious now, right? Like, I just didn't like the way the conversation was going. And I said, well, did she hit someone? Or did she, you know, what happened? He goes, she wasn't driving the car. And as soon as he said that, I, I just got a really bad feeling. So Emily and I um, ran back into the hospital, to the eMERGE department, 
and trying to find her. And we're, we're in the hall and, and there, you could tell there was a lot of chaos, like something was going on. But again, again, we didn't know it was Sarah. And so we waited and there was a paramedic um, in the hall with a, a patient on a stretcher because the, the emerge was so backed up because of Sarah. Um, and he said, Is, was your daughter in a car accident? And I said, yes. And he says, oh, she's, she's in here. And he said, they just intubated her. Now, when you say that to a nurse, like, I, I, I don't know how I didn't just fall to the ground because I'm thinking, oh my goodness. Like, I thought, oh, an accident, maybe she's broken, you know, an arm, a leg or something, right? And now they're telling me that they, you know, had intubated her. And so, um, now, by this point, some of my staff members, my head nurse came down and they were helping out. And so they got us in to see Sarah, Emily and I. So Sarah first came to the hospital at Bowmanville where yes. you were working, Kathy. Yes. And then they transferred her to Toronto to the Sunnybrook Hospital. Yes. Tell us about that. Uh, so they transferred her to the trauma unit, which has a neuro unit and because Sarah was head injury. That's where they wanted her to go. Um, we had to travel separately, my husband, my older daughter, myself. So we arrived there. We didn't know where she was. We didn't, you know, have to find her. So we're trying to, um, you know, find out where she is. And it's so overwhelming. I just had to pray. I just, I, I found a little cube in, in the Emerge that was vacant and I just got on my knees and I just prayed. It's like a terrible feeling, but I knew the Lord would hear me, I was hoping. And so what was the whole process of, I mean, she was unconscious. So how did you know that she was ever going to be conscious again, or did you not know that? No, you, you did not know that. And um, Sunnybrook, the neurologist um, who is attending Sarah, uh, so, she has to make it through the night, so the first 12 hours. Then if she can make it through 24 hours, then 48. And if she can get to 72, that's what they kind of deem that her chances increase considerably. So we, we, we literally just prayed and prayed like constantly, you know, so we, we get the first 12 in then the 24, then the 48, and you just, you know, it's just, yeah. yeah. So how long was she unconscious for then, Kathy? Um, almost three months. But at, at Sunnybrook, they would um, ask Sarah for, for signs, so people can always hear, even though they're, you know, not responding. So they would say, you know, give us a thumbs up or wiggle your toes. And she wouldn't really respond to that. But when my husband and I would ask for a thumbs up, it would, we would sit there and we would watch, watch, watch. And I'm guessing around 10 seconds, you would see Sarah's thumb go up about halfway, ever so slightly. And I felt it was the delay because of the swelling in the brain 
the message to do that and for her to, you know, get the strength to actually be able to do that, it was delayed. Um, but they felt it was too delayed and they didn't want to count it. But we, we knew in our hearts that, that Sarah was in there and she was going to come out. Somehow the parents know more. <laughs> they know their daughter really well. So what other signs did you see that gave you hope? So my, my daughter, my older daughter, Emily, and I, we stayed in Toronto. I did not leave. I never went home until she was transferred back. So we, we got there every morning. And as soon as I would go in and I would say, good morning, Sarah, her heart rate would automatically go up. Or if she heard Emily's voice, like substantially, you could see it go up. And then, you know, as we talked, it would settle back down. So I knew that she knew I was there and she was in there. And also a friend who was helping us with chores, so we have the horse farm, she brought a recording for Sarah and we played it for her. And she could hear, you could hear the horses playing in the snow and running and her friend would say, like this, Sarah's heart rate went up again. So she, she, she knew, she loves the horses. So. And then Sarah, you had to learn how to walk again. Can you tell us about your experience now after the tragedy? Oh dear. <laughs> um, well, it was really slow. Painfully slow. It was pretty awful. I took it day by day and I just prayed. So physio worked with Sarah, um, speech, because Sarah couldn't talk. She did not talk. Um, I could only whisper. Yeah, she could only whisper. Really quietly. No, no volume. And, and then they were getting worried that the volume wasn't going to come back. But again, we didn't give up. We just kept praying and working. Um, but I'll never forget the first time they, Sarah, they were going to sit her at the side of the bed. And I was so excited. So they get her up, they swing her over, and there's two physio, one on either side, and I'm just off to the side. And I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. And they kind of went to let go, and Sarah just started to do one of these, like, right over, and I'm like, oh my goodness, she can't even sit, right? You, you, you were waiting, like, the build-up for this, that they're actually moving her now out of the bed, and then she just was a leaning <laughs> like this, but you know what? Again, never gave up, and every day they would come, and I was there all day with her, and then it would get a little bit so she could actually hold it for a few seconds. And then, you know, then it was just kept continuing that way. So, Sarah, tell us about your rehab. I basically had to relearn how to do everything from brushing my teeth 
to swallowing food, to walking was all wiped. Um, if I might just elaborate a little bit on the uh, learning to rewalk. Um, <clears throat> lots of times people have injuries to their legs, fractures, things like this, multiple fractures. But they still have their neural pathways intact, so the messages will go to the legs. Where Sarah, because of her traumatic brain injury, she had the shearing. She had to re, well, make new pathways. So all her pathways were gone that she was born with. So now she had to make all new pathways. And because of her age, that was a good thing. That helped a lot. So were the doctors surprised that she was even walking or talking because of the severe head injury that she had? Well, we never did see the neurosurgeon again at Sunnybrook, so he, he doesn't know. You just move on to the next hospital. But Sarah truly is a miracle. Like, there's no other way of saying it. She truly is. She's God's miracle. So Sarah, when you look back, do you wish that this had never happened to you, that you never had the accident? Of course, I wish it never happened. But I was on a very dark path. I wasn't headed in the right direction with my life. There were drugs, boys, alcohol, um, mixed in a really bad concoction. So you were, this was before the accident? Yes. Did you feel like you knew something was wrong? Yes. I actually got on my knees and prayed for God to help me and just see me from this life. And he did. So do you, do you see the accident as a way in which he, he helped you? Yes. A little drastic, but that's okay. So, are you saying you're okay with, with it now? Yeah, I'm okay. Um, Sarah truly is my hero. Um, to, to have to witness and watch what she went through, um, there's nobody, you know, that I would respect more. Just to watch how hard she worked day after day after day and struggling to, you know, brush her teeth and swallow. Um, she couldn't eat for the longest time. And, and the learning to walk, I mean, it, it took a, it was a long journey, but look at her, I mean, you know. So Sarah, how do you see the accident now? Um, I see it as a saving grace and kind of a disappointment almost because I can't really walk now and everything's much harder than it really should be. But I'm okay with it. So Sarah, can you tell us how your faith has developed? 
it has gone a lot stronger. We would do daily devotions every morning at breakfast. And we also um, go on the computer and get scripts, like meaningful scripts. Uh, and we would jot them down on pieces of paper. And then we had a jar and we would pick them out every once in a while and read it, just if we needed a boost or something like that. So those were scriptures like Bible texts? Yes. Verses from yes. the Bible? Yes. Okay. Yes. And Sarah, um, you like painting. Yes. And so how has that developed your faith and brought you closer to God? Well, at first I tried to paint God and me down at his feet, but it wasn't going very good. So I had to scrap that. And I think God sent me to um, acrylic pouring. So acrylic pouring is a type of um, painting that you can do, and it requires um, less dexterity and fine motor skills because of Sarah's head injury. Her control, she can't always control, I guess. With the acrylic pores, it allows her to still be very creative, but not have to worry so much about, you know, all the inquisitions. Being perfect. perfect. But you do have an understanding of colors. Yes. So it'd be interesting looking at some of those paintings. They'd be quite beautiful. Recently, um, Sarah took some of her paintings to a little local establishment close to our house and people have been purchasing them. So that is very nice. So Sarah, horses have always been a big part of your life. And I can't believe that you even would dare to do something like this. And so when you decided to start riding again, were you scared no. to do that? No. Not in the least. <laughs> so can you tell us about that experience of you riding for the first time? Well, <laughs> I got to the establishment and the lady wanted me to sit on the saddle sideways and then swing my one leg over the horse's neck. And I was not having any part of that. Because that's not the right way to mount a horse, right? So what did you do? I just swung my leg over the horse. The correct way? Yes. Did you see this? Oh yeah, Kathy? I was there. And it was a, it's a um, therapeutic riding establishment, right? And this is the very first day. And so we get there and the um, coach is saying, you know, you're gonna sit on, swing your legs over. And I see Sarah going like this. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, it's the first day. And um, so I look at the coach, she looks back at me. She says, okay, this is what we're gonna do. You get one try to get on your way. If it doesn't work, you have to get on my way. She got it first try. 
she impressed everybody that day. So tell us about your riding now. Are you are you riding now? Do you still ride now? Yes. And you you're not afraid. You're not scared. No. You you don't fall off. Like like how's your balance? It's pretty good. I did have one fall, but that was wild. Hmm. So who's who's more scared, you or your mom? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, that's true. So, final question. Do you have any closing thoughts? Maybe there's a Bible verse that you have. Sure, um, and I know that you had talked about praying. Uh, that was a big part of, of uh, the whole process of, of seeing God's miracle in her life. Maybe you can talk about that. Yes, um, my older daughter and myself, would, um, we had a path, I'm sure, wore out to the chapel at uh, the two different hospitals, um, just praying to God to hear us and to um, be with Sarah and restore her. Like I say, she's this living miracle right here. And um, this is one verse that sustained me through. So it's Psalms 34, uh, verse 17. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers them all. Kathy, those are beautiful promises. The Lord was really speaking to you and you saw the miracle of Sarah's life unfold right in front of you. So Sarah, I wonder if I could ask you to pray for our viewers. There might be someone that is struggling and if you could pray that they will receive hope through listening to your story. Dear Lord, please help anyone that is struggling with anything that may be going wrong in their life right now and help them get through it in Lord's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so very much, Sarah, for sharing your story and Kathy for coming here to It Is Written Canada and also for Charlie Brown, your emotional support dog. Well, thank you, Renee and Mike, for allowing us to tell our story. Thank you. As Sarah and Kathy's story reminds us, life is too often so unfair, yet some people, like Sarah, find their life saved through tragedy. You might be wondering, how does that work? Our free offer, Changed for Life, will show you how. The incredible stories of eight people who faced unbelievable challenges will give you hope. Changed for Life will remind you that no matter who you are, where you are from, or what kind of mess you find yourself in today, God has a special purpose for your life. Changed for Life is about you and how God desires to change you today and for eternity. You too can experience the fullness of life found in the words of Jesus when he said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread.
bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca or you can go to our IIW Canada YouTube channel and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening. We're a movie star. We're yeah. a movie star. Charlie, <laughs> don't get on my truck. <laughs> <laughs>